king of Jerusalem. We argued that Godfroy was reclaiming his rightful heritage as a member of the line of David. And what was the source of this bloodline? Well, from Jerusalem, from Jesus, the result of, we argued in Holy Blood, Holy Grail, a marriage between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. In fact, we wondered, was not the marriage at Cana that of Jesus and Mary? At the very least, that would explain why he was called to the wedding and subsequently had the responsibility over the wine. Naturally, with the publication of our book, worldwide controversy erupted. Mr. and Mrs. Christ, wrote one commentator, searching for a smart soundbite, and as soundbites go, it was rather a good one. That was in 1982. In 2002, Dan Brown published his novel, The Da Vinci Code, which draws in part from our book's theories. A media circus erupted once more. Mr. and Mrs. Christ were back in the news. It was clear that people still had a hunger for the truth behind the gospel legends. Who was Jesus really? What was expected of him? The world still clamors today for clarity about Jesus, Judaism, Christianity, and the events that took place 2,000 years ago. Since the publication of Holy Blood, Holy Grail, I've had 22 more years to reflect on these very questions, to do more research, and to reassess the history and implications of those events. In other words, two decades of research over and above what is explored in the Da Vinci Code. Here, I endeavor to reconstruct my 22-year-long journey of discovery. This journey will, hopefully, lead to a broader understanding of the life of the man we call Jesus, as history proves he lived it, not how religion says he did. Throughout my career, I've enjoyed correspondence with other historians and researchers into the truth behind accepted history, but some letters demand more attention than others. This letter certainly did. May I advise you, that the treasure is not one of gold and precious stones, but a document containing incontrovertible evidence that Jesus was alive in the year A.D. 45. The clues left behind by the good curé have never been understood, but it is clear from the script that a substitution was carried out by the extreme zealots on the journey to the place of execution. The document was exchanged for a very large sum and concealed or destroyed. My long-time colleagues, Richard Lee, Henry Lincoln, and I, simply didn't know what to do with this note. It came from a respected and highly educated Church of England vicar, the Reverend Dr. Douglas William Guest Bartlett. By the good curé, Bartlett was referring to the Abbe Baranger Saunier, the priest of the small hilltop village of Rennes-le-Chateau, nestled in the foothills of the Pyrenees. Abbe Saunier was appointed priest at the village in 1885. His annual income was approximately $10. He gained a notoriety that has lasted to the present day by obtaining, in the early 1890s, from mysterious sources, for equally mysterious reasons, considerable wealth. The key to his wealth was a discovery he made while restoring the church in 1891. But the treasure he found, according to Bartlett, were some documents concerning Jesus and therefore the very basis of Christianity. What, we asked ourselves, 
would constitute incontrovertible evidence that Jesus survived and was living long afterwards. What, in fact, we thought, racking our brains, would constitute incontrovertible evidence of anything in history? Documents, we supposed. But what sort of documents would be beyond doubt? The most believable documents, we thought, would be the most apparently mundane, those with no agenda to serve, no argument to support, an inventory, perhaps, a historical equivalent of a shopping list, something like a Roman legal document stating, in a matter-of-fact manner, item, Alexandria, fourth year of Claudius, A.D. 45, report of Jesus ben Joseph, an immigrant from Galilee, formerly tried and acquitted in Jerusalem by Pontius Pilate, today confirmed as the owner of a plot of land beyond the city walls. But it all seemed a bit far-fetched. After Holy Blood.